This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right. All right. Stop it. Stop. All right. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> uh, broadcasting straight up out of Chicago. My mouth is broken again. Uh, straight up out of Chicago. It's, it's night. It's beautiful. And I want to say happy holidays to everyone out there. Hope you have a great time. People are already traveling. Uh, on the road, uh, airports, train stations, going to see family, going to see loved ones. Wow. I just love the holidays because you, I mean, people, just by seeing other people enjoying uh, this time of the year, and uh, it's it's a great feeling knowing that people are, are uh, instead of sitting back being depressed because what's going on in Washington, sitting back and being depressed because they feel they can't do anything about Donald Trump, do not worry, folks. Uh, Trump is as good as impeached. I mean, this guy, uh, Russia, has uh, um, truly, truly meddled in the 2016 election. This is why Donald Trump it has been elected. Uh, America did not elect him. Uh, Russia elected him. There's no doubt about that. There's plenty of proof of that. He denies it. Um, and he, he's going to stand by his denials no matter what he says. He denies it. But we all know that it's true. The agencies, uh, uh, the American intelligence agencies, they know the truth. This guy is a fake president. And right now, folks, what he's doing, his current mess is that he's messing and screwing around with the Internet. And basically, that's bad for all of us. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he, he's undoing what Obama has done, free reign uh, to the internet. I mean, you can just go to any site, search any site that you want to search. But now with Donald Trump upending Obama's uh, executive order, I mean, corporations are going to be able to take over and they're going to tell you where you can go and where you cannot go, what sites you can click on, what sites you cannot click on. Uh, obviously, it's going to... Uh, uh, more money is going to be coming out of your pocket. This guy is messing with. Uh, he has, uh, so in some instances, he's he's already scrapped it. He's he's scrapped net uh, neutrality, if I can say the word. Yeah, so um, it's bad. It's bad for all of Americans. It's, it's bad for Democrats. It's bad for Republicans. Republicans. It, it's it's bad for anybody who says that they're neutral on this party thing. It's bad. For, if you're an American, if you live in this country, uh, it's going to affect you. But you know what? Donald Trump is not doing it to, uh, I, I'm thinking that Donald Trump is not doing this to hurt Americans. He's doing this to hurt Obama. It's one of, uh, it, it's net neutrality is something that Obama initiated during his term as president. And as we all know, Donald Trump is trying to rip away, rip away every shred uh, of uh, decency by trying to act as if pretend that uh, that Obama never existed. The problem here, folks, is that Trump 
is jealous of Obama. Obama is a popular president, even though I had problems with him, but he's still a popular president. And Trump doesn't like that. He hates it that people are still still in love with Obama. They wish that he was still president and not this jackass. Trump is jealous, totally, totally jealous of Obama. He's trying to rip away, whip away every shred of evidence that Obama has ever been president of the United States because he's African-American. Donald Trump is totally racist. He is totally, totally racist. The man doesn't hide it. Of course, now he's, uh, for example, he is uh, like, um, uh, for example, he is like, you know, telling the NFL to, he's meddling in the NFL again, telling uh, the NFL that uh, I, I believe uh, one of the players, LaShawn Lynch, who is also African-American, uh, to uh, be punished for something because he kneeled. And now he's messing in, in the NFL. But the NBA, he's he's screwing around with Lamar Ball, his son was was um, was um, was caught stealing overseas, and Obama, uh, not Obama, but Trump, freed him from jail. And now <laughs> Trump is calling his father um, a bunch of names, ungrateful fool, or something like that. This is just undignified for being president of the United States. This is just undignified. This guy should be fired on his ass. Uh, there is so much we have on Donald Trump right now that we don't even need what M Robert Mueller might come up with. But we'll accept it. We don't even need it. If Congress will do what they're supposed to do. This man is just unbecoming of the president of the United States. He was... Russia, no, no doubt about it, meddled in the election. It should be null and void. He should may, be made. He should be kicked out on his ass in front of the White House because he's not a real president. This guy is a fake president. He's a fake president. But the Republicans, one of the reasons why I think that the Republicans are not uh, in are, are not thinking about impeaching Donald Trump at this moment is because they need Donald Trump to get their legislation through. They need Donald Trump to sign their legislation to screw. They need him to sign that stuff into law. They need him to get things passed. They need him to get the, the kinds of things that they want uh, through Congress and Donald Trump stamps it, he signs it, and it becomes law. The Republicans need Every ounce of Donald Trump. This is why. And Donald Trump needs them. They need each other. Donald Trump needs them to keep them from to keep them from impeaching him. And they need Donald Trump to get their uh, uh, legislative laws through. Laws that's going to hurt the American people. Laws that screw you and me. They need Donald Trump to sign that stuff into. Uh, into law. Right now, Congress is wor working on a, uh, a, a tax reform bill that's going to screw everybody. It's going to screw everybody.
once that tax, once they pass it or that they agree with what the uh, uh, House of Representatives has done, they they make it over and may change a few things. You know, they send it to Donald Trump and he signs it. And Donald Trump will sign anything. He doesn't give a damn what's in it, uh, how it's how it's put together, how it's packaged. He just know he needs a win. He needs something legislative on his resume, and he hasn't got it yet, and he's been in office a year, almost a year, come January. So this is, this is horrible. They're going to be screwing around with the Internet. The corporations, the rich people are going to be taking over, and they're going to uh, tell us what we can do, say, maybe even post. I mean, they're gonna, it's going to affect it big time. A lot of us aren't going to be able to afford it. And if we can't afford it, we're not going to have the freedoms that we have now uh, online and on the Internet, even though some of those freedoms has, even now have, have been curtailed. But it's just getting worse and worse. And, we're, and Donald Trump is doing nothing but uh, warring with the American people. That's all he's doing. He's warring with the American people because he knows that the majority of the people don't like him. We don't want him. We think he's a fake president, which he is, because he was not, he was not uh, voted into office by the popular vote. He was, he was thrown in uh, by the electoral vote. A lot of people are talking, saying that should be thrown out. And, and on top of that, he had help from Russia. Yeah, uh, his mentor, the person he looks up to, Vladimir Putin. This is the guy he looks up to. I mean, did you see him in 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 Asia, and 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 alongside this guy, Putin, Donald Trump? He was like a gushing three-year-old child in front of the, this man. <laughs> he and Putin, he loves Putin more so than the than he does the United States. And I have a feeling that Putin and Trump are in cahoots with each other in order to take down America. Donald Trump is not the American president that we wanted. Russia installed this guy into our White House. And that makes him a fake president. That makes him not our president. And we have to do something about it. We just cannot sit down and hoping someone else will do our do the job for us. We have to do it. Congress, they're not going to do it. They're not going to impeach him. Not not this crop of uh, congressmen. Not Paul Ryan. Not Mitch McConnell. They're gonna. They're saying we're crazy for wanting for wanting this guy out of office. They're aiding and abetting this guy, as I've said. Uh, a little while ago, uh, they need each other. Congress needs Trump. Trump needs Congress. They don't need the American people, and they don't need us. They don't need the people who put their asses in office. They don't need us. What they and another thing they need they they're they're uh, succumbing and bowing down to the pressure put on them by their donors the folks who are lining their pockets with money. They don't care anything about you or me or anybody else because we not, we're not giving them uh, loads and tons of money. 
the donors are. So they are being led around by the nose by their donors. Some of them even have admitted it. And still, they don't give a damn how we feel or what we think about it. But they're scared as hell to know that 2018, November 2018, they're going to be blown out of Congress and blown out of the White House. Because we have nothing but a bunch of thugs in the White House. Criminals, thugs, racketeers, whatever you want to call them. This is just pitiful. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. (laughs) I'm a little bit passionate, folks. Okay, author Ruby Friedman uh, is expected to be on the show. I'm assuming this is a lady um, on intimacy. She's going to be talking about intimacy. The reason why I say I assume, because you can't really tell some people by their names, you know. (laughs) This is a uh, brand new world, a brand new time, and people do things a lot differently, you know, so. All right. Um, Ruby Freeman, Friedman on the George Wilder Jr. Show, and this show is all about making the world a better place, one show at a time. And every time I say that, something else goes haywire. You know, I'm thinking, uh, and there's a lot bit in the news I haven't got to yet. So that's that's going to be a bit depressing. Okay, hate has no home here. I've had people call into the show, and uh, uh, and I just cut them right off because I don't want to hear it, and I'm I'm, I'm not about to debate something that's that is um, common knowledge, you know. So, all right, so be nice to one another out there. You know, be nice to one another. It is so easy. Pay attention to your own work. For then you will get satisfaction of a job well done and won't need to compare yourself with anyone else. For we all are responsible for our own conduct. All righty. Once again, happy holidays. Yeah, Christmas is coming. I mean, um, New Year's is coming. You know, these things are coming at the the, uh, broadcast of this show. And um, it's just wonderful. I, I think the holidays are, are great. There are some people around here in this area of Chicago where I live, they're already putting up Christmas lights. I know we have of ours. Uh, you know, uh, people just like the, uh, the, the different colors, the assorted colors coming from the light, you know, more so than the illumination. It, it, it's great. And um I just love the holidays. I mean, some people don't give a care about the holidays. They don't, even, they don't even celebrate the holidays. They don't even celebrate their own birthdays. Well, those people, they have their prerogative. But I like to do, I like to have fun, okay? I'm not a one of those dull type of persons. I, I like to I like to have fun, people. All righty. Uh, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> people are still jumping on me about a post that I posted in YouTube and on Facebook. And um, some people are very, very nasty about it. You know, <laughs> All I said is that men aren't the only sexual predators around. I said women are too. And wow. There, there are some people who actually agree with me. Some people who actually say, George, you're correct. You're right. But then there are those who, who think I should be hung 
to the nearest tree because of what I said, what I've written. You know, <laughs> I said, well, you know, but it's all in fun. I mean, if you disagree with me, don't be afraid to say it, but don't, you don't have to be nasty, you know. All righty. Uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. How many female sexual predators have? Okay. Okay. That's someone uh, talking to me. All right. We're going to do a break right here. Let's see what we're going to do here. All right, this is Musical Break. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of Chicago, and we are helping to make the world a better place, one show at a time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding the show, downloading the show, and just having a great time. Here we go. Dollamore Daily, and I'm Jesse Dollamore. Well, today, Donald Trump continued his obsessive assault on anything and everything Barack Obama accomplished during the eight years he served this country as President of the United States. This morning, it was announced that equality and freedom of speech, among many other fundamental concepts, do not matter to Donald Trump's Federal Communications Commission. Yeah, all right. Net neutrality is being scrapped and massive power is being transferred to multi-billion dollar corporations. The profits and power of these individual corporations who provide internet service 
is more valuable to this administration than your rights to access the internet freely. At their whim, these corporations will be able to curtail your internet access to anything and everything as they see fit. Let me give you a brief example. Comcast is one of the owners of Hulu. Under these new draconian rules, they will now be able to slow your internet service access to their competitor, Netflix, if they choose. They can throttle down speeds and make your consumption of a competing product a miserable experience. This opens the door for internet service providers to charge you more to access certain websites and content at their yeah. whim. This is bad for everyone. Look at it like this. Eliminating net neutrality will be like being forced by the government to take toll roads everywhere. Everywhere. Toll roads owned by massive corporations. Corporations that can set freeway speed limits to 20 miles an hour if they so choose. This creates a fertile atmosphere for monopolies which strangles competition which is the lifeblood of creativity and innovation. We want more choices, not fewer. And Donald Trump, in his deranged mission to undo the Obama legacy, is smashing it all, even the aspects that were universally accepted as positive and beneficial for our society. Donald Trump doesn't care about what is best or even good for America and its citizens like you and me. He doesn't care about the catastrophe that this will most certainly be. He is only concerned about reversing progress if it was instituted by his overwhelmingly popular predecessor. He is a vapid, petty little man who is motivated by jealousy and envy. Now is the time to call your congressman and demand that Congress uh, intervene and make it law that the internet be regulated as a modern utility that it is. Force Donald Trump's hand because this isn't a partisan issue. This impacts everyone who uses the internet. This hurts Republicans in America just as much as it hurts Democrats. Exactly, exactly. And you call your consequence, 202-225-3121. And say, get your damn hands off the internet. Tell him to get his damn hands off the internet. Big president. That's what he is. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be American. Some of those rights are being threatened taken away, but we have to get out here and fight the good fight, you know, and it has to be done, folks, it has to be in a non-violent way, we know how to do things non-violently, so let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. All right, two more women accuse Al Franken of uh, sexual harassment. Al Franken, two more women. I think, I think in total it's about uh, four or five 
women who have uh, uh, accused uh, Al Franken of inappropriate touching. One woman told uh, Huffington Post that Franklin had grabbed her backside at an event, at an event honoring women. Wow. You know, so <laughs> that's something. All right. Two more women have told Huffington Post that Senator Al Franken, Democrat of Minnesota, touched their butts <laughs> on separate incidences. All right. These are the third and fourth. Okay. Such allegations against Franken in the last past week. And there also have been women come forward to support. I think 30 or something women came uh, came in support of, of Franklin, of Franken. You know, we need this, him in Congress. We need him. We truly, truly need him. And he said he's not going to resign, but I don't know. I mean, he could be expelled, expulsion, and, you know, so. All righty. In the past week, Leanne Tweeden, a radio host, wrote last week that Franklin had kissed her and groped her without her consent during a 2006 USO tour. On Monday, Lindsey Mintz accused Franklin, 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 if I can pronounce his name, of groping her at the Minnesota State Fair in 2010. Mm, the two addition, the two additional women who women who said that they were not familiar with each other's story both spoke on condition of anonymy, means they didn't want anybody to know who they were. But their stories, which describe events during the Franken first campaign to the Senate, are remarkably similar. They're the same. Both women have been telling them privately for years. Wow. Okay, Franklin, Franken responds. Uh, he says, uh, it's difficult to respond to accusers, and I don't remember those campaign events. Well, you know what? There's no doubt about it. Some of these women are lying. I'm not putting, I'm not putting, uh, putting down any of these sexual sexual harassment claims. I'm just saying that women. Some women are lying. Some women they want um, notoriety. They want attention. They want fame. They want to want money. Not all of them are lying. I don't think. I do think uh, because. Uh, Franklin, Al Franken did uh, apologize. He did uh, admit to it. But, you know, when 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 someone admits to something like this, uh, other women just pile on, you know, uh, and uh, there's no doubt about it. Anybody with a brain would say some of these women are lying. Some of them are out for attention, out for money, out for uh, um, out for notoriety. You know, it's wrong and in both senses. Uh, I'm not, uh, like I said, I'm not belittling it. I'm not, I think it's shameful that men uh, have done this, if it's true, allegedly true. You know, so it's it's shameful. But I can say this, the Harvey Weinstein effect is really, really snowballing. I mean, this is getting out of control. As I said on the show yesterday, there's a lot of people who have been let go in the workplaces, in the workplaces um, all around the country, 
you know, grassroots people, private, public, private companies, small, big, large, you know, corner store. I mean, uh, manufacturing uh, uh, people have been let go because of this. I mean, it doesn't make the news, but we know that there is this thing going on uh, where people are getting fired, losing their jobs, suspended, expulsion. I mean, it's happening in every workplace, professional and unprofessional. Uh, wow. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, and it's, it's, it's really sad for our country. It's, it's really sad that this is going on, and, uh, and I want to acknowledge the women who are uh, standing up and coming out and telling their stories, if this is, and if this is all true. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's all true. But, if, but we know that it's true once these guys start um, acknowledging it. But Roy Moore, this guy is, this guy is, is um, puke. This guy is vomit. This guy is totally vomit. I believe majority of the women who have come out and accused him. I do. I do. This guy is vomit, and he should not be in Congress. But he's running strong because <laughs> a lot of these folks in Alabama, uh, they said they're going to stick with their man. And I think the Democrats should stick with their man to Al Franken. If they're going to stick with this pervert out here in Alabama, uh, stick with uh, Al Franken because maybe one or two of his comp- his accusers I can go with, but three, four, and five, and six, no, I, I can't go with that. You know, I mean, these are maybe these are people who are just trying to pile on, you know, for for any for any reason. And I, as I've said before, I don't want to make little of this or light of this, you know. So, but it's still bad for Al Franken. I mean, it's it's tough for him because you know he's a sitting senator. He's one of the stars in Congress that the Republicans, they want to see Al Franken thrown out on his ass, but they don't want to see Roy Moore, the Republicans. The Republicans are hypocrites. They're criticizing Al Franken, but they're not saying anything about Roy Moore and Donald Trump, the groper in chief. Donald Trump, the groper in chief. He should have never been president. Because all he does now is screw up, mess up, breaking America. Conned his way, lied his way, bullshitted his way into the White House. That's all that happened with the help of Russia. He's not a, 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 a legitimate president. He is a fake president. There is no doubt about it. He is totally, totally fake and uh, I don't think he's going to last too long because what, from what I'm hearing, Mueller is about to get him. One of his uh, uh, aides in the White House said, and I quote him, I quote, and I hope this is true. And I hope this is true. A lot of us are praying that it's true, you know, because this, this is just awful that we have someone in the White House destroying America on every turn that's not supposed to be there. He cheated and lied and conned his way in. So, 
Yesterday, I called out the, the guy in the White House for his silence over the four Green Berets killed in Niger. And here's what he had to say about that later on in the day. Take a look, please. Toughest calls I have to make. Now with senior contributor Frank Bruni, a New York Times op-ed columnist, political analyst Kirsten Powers, a USA Today columnist, political commentator Anna Navarro. Um, category. I was just thinking, like, I know I'm being outrageously vague about this, but uh, I don't even consider this to be a... Today the president will release his full budget for fiscal year 2018. From all indications... The Trump budget will seek deep cuts to programs that help the middle class and work Everybody in America to, uh, while providing more handouts for the rich. It will cut to the bone programs that help the elderly, the poor, while adding money for an unnecessary, ineffective border wall that continues to have bipartisan opposition. And to make all of the math work, the Trump budget makes entirely unfounded assumptions about economic growth. In short, the Trump budget takes a sledgehammer to the middle class and the working poor, lavishes tax breaks on the wealthy, and imagines all of the deficit problems away with fantasy math. The Trump budget exists somewhere over the rainbow, where the dreams of Mick Mulvaney, Paul Ryan, and the Koch brothers really do come true. Of course, these dreams are a nightmare for the average working American. We expect the Trump budget will make deep cuts to the National Institute of Health and Centers for Disease Control. Let me ask, how many people in America want to cut cancer research when it's done such good? Well, President Trump evidently does. It's his budget. They kneecap research that develops new cures damaging our ability to contain or prevent the outbreak of disease. We're all living longer and healthier, in part because of this research. We want to stop it, cut it back, so we can give tax breaks to wealthy people who, God bless them, are doing great already. We expect the Trump budget will gash programs like Meals on Wheels. I even read in the paper this morning that the head of the Freedom Caucus said that even for him, some of these cuts were too great. The SNAP benefits, helping, making sure no kid goes to bed hungry in America. This is America. We've always done this. And the Children's Health Insurance Program, cruelly ripping away the lifelines from Americans who need the most, the children, the working poor, the elderly. We expect the Trump budget will cut transportation funding, education funding, and programs that help students repay their student loan debt. One of the great problems in America, the debt on the backs, the burden of average kids getting out of college, middle-class kids. We're going to make it harder? What is going on here? What is going on in the White House with this kind of budget? Our college kids, when they get out, they need to be able to live real good lives and not have this burden of debt on their shoulders, which they're struggling under now, and we're going to make it worse. We also, this is amazing, but true, the Trump budget will break President Trump's promise to protect Social Security and Medicaid from cuts, both of them. He promised over and over again he wouldn't cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Medicare is not cut here, but Medicaid is and Social Security is. 
On Social Security, the budget will cut Social Security disability benefits to many Americans who have earned them and paid for those benefits. And you can say, well, doesn't cut old age benefits for the elderly. Wait. If they get away with this, the elderly will be next on the chopping block because the goal, it seems, of this budget is cut everything you can so you can give even more tax breaks to the wealthiest people. The Koch brothers type of thinking. It will also seek hundreds of billions of dollars, additional cuts in Medicaid. The budget cuts Medicaid on top of the cuts that were made in the House bill of Trump care. And what will that do? Medicaid has become a middle-class program. 60% of the people in nursing homes, Medicaid funds it. What are we going to tell a couple with three kids? Say they're 40 or 45. They have three kids. They're saving for college. They're struggling. But at least they know that mom or dad who needs help is in a nursing home. This budget passes. That family is going to have a terrible choice. Take hundreds of dollars a month out of their own budget and give it to pay for the nursing home. Or find a place for mom and dad to live, maybe at home. But maybe there's no room in the house. Awful. That's what they're doing. <coughs> and who else will it hurt? Opioid addiction. Much of, our pro pro much of our progress that we're trying to make on opioid addiction comes through Medicaid because they give treatment. We need both law enforcement. I'm a tough law enforcement guy, you know that. But we also need treatment. I've had fathers cry in my arms because their son, their sons, in this case it was both sons, were waiting online for treatment and died of an overdose. What a burden a parent has to live with. We should cut that and cut it to give more tax breaks to the rich. It's in America turned upside down, this budget. And how about rural areas? You know, I represent New York State. It's known for its big city, New York City. We have other great cities upstate. But we also have the third largest rural population in America. So I'm very familiar with rural America. In many of my counties in upstate New York, and this is true throughout rural counties, throughout America, the largest employer is the rural hospital. And that hospital is the only hospital around for miles and miles and miles if, God forbid, you have a stroke and you've got to be rushed there to make yourself, get yourself better. Well, go talk to our rural hospitals. These rural hospitals, which are the beating heart of our local economy, employing hundreds, sometimes even thousands of people. Well, nearly one in three rural hospitals today are at risk of closure. It's more expensive to run a rural hospital. People in rural areas are entitled to the same health care, so that means buying all these fancy machines. In an urban area, those machines can run 24-7 and get the reimbursement back, but in a rural area, they can't. There's not that many people. But they get some help. On uh, Friday night, uh, Donald Trump was giving a speech in Alabama. Uh, no one knows why. He just likes to go to rallies and have people cheer him. Uh, and he decided that he was going to take a swipe at uh, NFL players. And boy, did that start a giant controversy, which wound up backfiring on Donald Trump in a wonderful way. I'm going to explain all the details for you guys, but first, let's hear out Trump. 
Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! So, a whole bunch of things already from that small clip. Uh, first of all, my favorite thing is when he walks around the ring like he's a wrestler. Like, and also, <laughs> right, okay. Uh, and I know that his fans get into that too. I'm just amused at what a goofball he is. All right, second of all, then people say, oh, you know, uh, he called him son of a bitch. I don't care about that at all. Uh, okay, he used vulgar language. I use vulgar language. I don't care. Uh, but I do know that it made other people defend. Those NFL players taking a knee like Colin Kaepernick and, and the others, as I'm going to show you. So it was poor strategy if it was intended to gain uh, some degree of sympathy. And by the way, in all uh, honesty and seriousness, the reason he was in Alabama was to, uh, to rally uh, for Luther Strange, who is running in a Republican primary. That's Trump's candidate. He's running against uh, Steve Bannon's candidate, Roy Moore, and, and Strange is losing. So he'd gone on to rally his base. but. When you're rallying folks, you're supposed to do things that excites people and gets them to vote for you by igniting this controversy. Well, look, other controversies have served in the past, but it's it's possible that you're being counterproductive. But he doesn't think those things through. But he has, in essence, there begun to attack the NFL and start an issue where it becomes First Amendment. It wasn't a First Amendment issue because the NFL is private and they can do whatever they want to their players. But when you have the government, i.e. the President of the United States telling people, hey, you know what, you should take action and you should fire those guys. Then it, you know, it's the beginning of a First Amendment issue where the government is pressuring people to get fired if they say the wrong things. Okay, but he's got more. And you know, when the NFL ratings are down massively, Massively. The NFL ratings are down massively. Now, the number one reason happens to be that they like watching what's happening on, you know, with yours, Curry. They like what's happening. It's unbearable, man. If he was making a serious political point, he then ruins it by going, oh, the ratings are down because the only thing that matters is ratings. It's because everybody's watching me. Yeah, that's because you're a train wreck, dude. Just like this story. All right, keep it going. This because you know today if you hit too hard, right? They hit too hard. 15 yards, throw him out of the game. They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes, and two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom! 15 yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game, right? They're ruining the game. Yeah, I. In a recent study, uh, they studied the brains of deceased NFL players. 110 out of 111 had significant brain damage. They're ruining the game. We were having fun with these gladiators who, you know, smash into each other, and if they, you know, hurt themselves even more, that was fun. And their wife was proud of them. They're ruining the game. But look, more importantly, 
he's now gone from I don't like Colin Kaepernick not standing for the national anthem to attacking the entire NFL. Bad idea, Jeans. Okay, now you're going to get the whole NFL against you. And if you were trying to turn the tables on him, as usual, you've turned the tables on yourself. All right, one more. You know what's hurting the game more than that? When people like yourselves turn on television and you see those people taking the knee when they're playing our great national anthem. The only thing you could do better is if you see it, even if it's one player, leave the stadium. I guarantee things will stop. Things will top. Just pick up and leave. Pick up and leave. A lot of the NFL owners are billionaires. They didn't, they pretty much banned Kaepernick from the league. They don't say it outright, but none of them will sign him, even though he's clearly one of the top 96 quarterbacks in the world. Of course, one of them should sign him. They have terrible quarterbacks throughout the league, and they won't do it. But what did Trump just do? He took those billionaires, a lot of them who had not only publicly said they voted for him, but had given him millions of dollars and just told you to leave their businesses, to hurt their businesses. You're such an idiot. You took natural allies and turned them into enemies. That's all he ever does day in, day out. And by the way, he keeps telling people you know, that they should take action if he doesn't agree with their political point of view. He stands, he is the government. He's the president of the United States. You know, he, when asked who's his favorite Supreme Court justice after he uh, uh, first said Judge Judy, he didn't, but almost. <laughs> he first said that he would think about putting Judge Napolitano from Fox News on, on the bench. Anyway, when pressed later, he said, oh, Antonin Scalia. Antonin Scalia is my favorite justice. Well, let's go to a quote from Antonin Scalia. He's obviously deceased now. But this is what he had said about this issue. He said, if I were king, I would not allow people to go around burning the American flag. However, we have a First Amendment, which says that the right of free speech shall not be abridged. And it is addressed in a... In particular, speech critical of the government. That was the main kind of speech that tyrants would seek to suppress. So here we go again, uh, a tyrant trying to suppress speech that he does not like. Now, uh, that was not well enough, so he decided that he's going to tweet on the issue. Here comes Trump more. Says, if a player wants the privilege of making millions of dollars in the NFL or other leagues, he or she should not be allowed to disrespect our great American flag or country and should stand for the national anthem. If not, you're fired. Find some, something else to do. Again, making it a First Amendment issue when it previously was not. Before, it was about freedom of expression as a general principle. Now it's getting to be the government intimidating people into uh, taking action against people because they did not like their political speech. That is exactly why we have. You are now listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. The trumpet, uh, trumpet, <laughs> that's his name, trumpet. Trump administration is sending Haitians back to a country still mired in disaster. Administration is telling 60,000 60, Haitians to get the hell out of America. Why? Because they're black. They're black. Uh, Obama uh, invited them over uh, into the U.S. because of uh, the problems that they were having in their own country. Now Trump wants them out. And uh, he can do that just by erasing Obama's executive order. 
not authority, but his executive order or, or authority, you know, because one of the things about executive orders, they can be erased with, uh, you know, uh, an eraser. And this is what Donald Trump is doing. Everything that Obama has done or tried to do to help people or to make things easier and more uh, transparent and more uh, right, Donald Trump is upending everything. But he doesn't know that while he's trying to end Obama's legacy by doing this and by hurting people, he's just making people hate him more and wishing Obama... uh, um, was back in office. Trump is jealous. He, this man is so jealous of, of, of Obama, it's a damn shame. He is so jealous, and he's jealous of Obama's envy. He's jealous Obama is popular. He's jealous Obama has uh, was president. Was he's jealous that he can't uh, compete with Obama, but he's trying to upend Obama's legacy, and I don't think it's going to work. I really don't think it's going to work because so many Americans can't stand Donald Trump. They hate him with a passion. And that's just going to, uh, and those people who do that, and some of the supporters are turning on him too. But these people, but Donald Trump and his thugs, they don't care. They got their hands on America, and that's all they want. That's all they ever wanted their hands on America, but he is going to get his hands up off America and go back wherever, whatever rock he crawled out from under, from under. He's a fake president. He's not a legitimate president because Russia meddled in the election. Russia got this prick elected. And now he's always doing something. He's always doing something to distract us. And as I've said yesterday on this show, folks, a lot of the things Donald Trump says and a lot of the things he keeps on doing, the news just comes come running out of his administration every day, different news, different uh, breaking news, uh, is a distraction. Donald Trump distracts us while Congress screws us by coming up with uh, by coming up with uh, bills. Uh, health care, tax reform, uh, economy, and all that kind of thing. They write the bills while Donald Trump keeps us distracted. I like, As I said yesterday, I think they're working together. The Republicans in Congress need Donald Trump to sign, to sign into law their legislation. Donald Trump needs the Republicans not to impeach him as America wants. So they work their hand in hand with this. As long as Donald Trump upends Obama's legacy, the Republicans in Congress, they like that because they're racist. The fact that Obama was an African American, they're uh, uh going through the right ho- going through the White House with with uh air freshener. Pathetic. This man is a racist pig. He He's a criminal. He's an obstruction of justice. He's he, he's done it every day. He's done it out in the open. He didn't bother trying to hide that he was obstructing justice. Get that. Get out the handcuffs and the leg irons for this guy. They all need to be in jail. But will Trump be locked up? I don't know. He will lose his presidency. 
But that's not enough. Just losing his presidency is not enough. He needs to go to jail. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Yeah, I'm pissed off because he's destroying this country, the country we love, I love, you love. He's making a mockery of it. He goes overseas. He takes these trips overseas, and he, he embarrasses the comp. He, he embarrasses this country, kissing Putin's ass at every chance he got. He is an embarrassment. He's more than an embarrassment. He's like that scratch <laughs> on your arm that you can't seem to get rid of. Or some people say something more vulgar, you know. But we have to do what we have to do. And and, uh, he's messing with the Internet now. And uh, call your senator, I mean, Republican, Republican, you know, um, Republican, Democrat, Independent, call your senator, uh, especially Republicans. Call the Republicans and tell them to keep their damn hands off the Internet. But this is uh, this is something Obama signed into law as an executive order. Trump is now president. He can go in there and just erase everything off the books, and it, and it will become like it was before, before Obama signed it. So basically, it's nothing, nothing they can do, nothing you can do. I mean, if this man chose to up in Obama, uh, executive, thor- uh, executive uh, powers, uh, authority. There's nothing you can do. Only thing you can say is hoping this man get his ass out. We can vote in a president that will reverse everything that Donald Trump has done. Just like a, just like Donald Trump has reversed a lot of the things Obama has done, the next president we vote into office can reverse a lot of the things that oh that Trump is now doing. The guy is not going to be president forever. I mean, if he doesn't get impeached, if he doesn't go to jail, and he manages uh, to stay in office until his uh, first term is over with, he will not be voted back in. And who knows? And if he does hang on and, and finishes his first term as president, if he does, and that's a big if, he may even have Russia to try to, <laughs> to, try to hack into anybody's emails, federal emails, and, and try to uh, get him uh, instilled back into the White House for a second term. And God forbid if that ever happens. God forbid if he makes it to four years. God forbid if he makes it to, <laughs> if he makes it to Christmas. I mean, this guy, he is a mess. And He's messing with the NFL. He's messing with the NBA. He wants his paws in sports. He's trying to tell the the owners of the football players that he doesn't like, that are doing things that he doesn't like, to fire them, to punish them, to throw them off the team. He can't tell these owners what to do with their players. The NFL is a business, and it, it has nothing to do with him. He wants He's screwing around with the Internet because he knows that the majority of the people on the Internet don't like him. And they're criticizing him in every turn. 
All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We're having a lot of fun here, folks. And um, I didn't plan on talking about Donald Trump for the entire show, but it, it just happens. You got to get people, you got to wake people up. You got to you tell people that, you know, you got to do something. You just can't sit around and just let Donald Trump destroy your happiness, destroy your way of life, because this is what this man is after. This is what he's after, after he has come back from overseas kissing Putin's ass. And then he's going to come back and try to demand things from us or else. This man cannot fathom that he's not a king. He cannot fathom that he's not an emperor. He's not a dictator. He wants to be a dictator. He's not. And he will never be because he's too stupid, he's too dumb, and he's too ignorant. I'm thinking that most dictators around the world are smart people. Donald Trump is not smart, and most of the people around the world know that. They're laughing at him. They're laughing at America. We've got a clown, a buffoon, a liar, a con man, a crook, a thug, a criminal in the White House who is not a legitimate president. He's a fake president. He's a fake president. As long as he keeps his foot on the back of of Americans' neck, the Republicans like it. He will throw anybody under the bus, even his fellow Republicans. He's thrown them under the bus, and they still support him. Some of them do. They don't, they don't give a damn about you. The Trump administration don't give a damn about you. Don't give a damn about me. Don't give a damn about nothing. They give. The only thing they care about is upending America, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, he's going to change a few things. Things have been have screwed up already, but he's going to change a few things. You know, uh, we'll just change them back once his ass is out of office. So don't don't. I would suggest to a lot of people do not feel depressed over Donald Trump or what he's trying to do or he's trying to up in America. Just wait until 2018, vote out these rotten Republicans. If Donald Trump is still in office, vote in, vote in Democrats and the Democrats will impeach him. If the, if the, if the uh, Republicans in Congress are too goddamn scared to impeach Trump, when when he deserves it, other presidents have done a lot less than what he's done and were impeached. It doesn't make any sense. The Republicans are aiding and abetting. They're just as they're are they're quaking in their boots. Feel they feel that uh, the, the special prosecutor is going to come and come to them with indictments. Oh, they're scared as hell. Why would you want to work for an administration that you know? these people are going to be going to jail. Nobody wants to work for Trump. Nobody. And the people who are working for him, they're being paid big bucks to stay in their positions and to work for him. Because if they if they decide to quit, there would be nobody to fill those posts. And there are so many posts in the uh, uh, Trump administration now that, that are gone uh, un, un, unfilled. And Trump is saying, well, I don't need to fill them. All you need is me. 
Wow. What 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 a creep. What a creep. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show. I think I'm done uh with this. I want to switch and talk about something else. Um a lot of people have um asked me to do something on what happens when you die. I don't know what happens when you die, but a lot of people got a, a, a lot to say about that. What happens when you die? And uh, I'm going to do this. It's a question that haunts us all. There may be something... The what volume may be a little low, so. Die. Yeah. Fear suddenly entered our life. Some people say they've seen the other side. And it opened up like a rip in the fabric of that reality. They are no longer themselves. They are no longer in space and time. We believe that the end of life is not well researched and more research should be committed to this endeavor. Is death the end? There's no scientific proof that there is an afterlife. Or is there something more? It was really a miracle. Christina Stein is a 19-year-old on her way to help teach kindergarten. She takes the same route every day. But now she's about to take another journey. One that will bring her face to face with death. It takes an hour and a half to cut Christine from the wreckage. It was bad. Her aorta had a huge tear. She was bleeding internally. It really seemed like a miracle that the girl wasn't already dead by the time she got to the hospital. We were working near the heart to stop the bleeding. And suddenly, her heart stopped beating. On the other side of the world, in Virginia, USA, the Alexander family is about to face their own crisis. Sunday night, we thought perhaps Evan was getting sick. We thought, oh, he's getting the flu too. But we didn't think that much of it. A little bit of cough, but so did the rest of the family. And then that night went to sleep fine. But neurosurgeon Dr. Evan Alexander 
wakes up with pain far beyond a simple cold. The next time I went back up and I just peeked in to check on him. And he was having a seizure. He was writhing, just really, really agitated and shaking. And I said, say something. And he couldn't say anything. And so I immediately called 911. They took him in an ambulance over to the hospital. He was so violently agitated at that point. It took nine people to hold him down, to put in the IV. Then, Dr. Alexander falls into a deep coma. It was rough. Um, I remember when I first walked into the hospital, I remember very clearly when I first saw him there and the room wasn't lit at all. And I remember getting close to him and then finally stopping. It just looked like all of the life had been sucked out of his face. He was in a coma all that time, but there was that one moment, and our priest was there and heard it with me, that we heard him scream, help me, God, help me. And I said to our priest, he spoke. But those were the last words that he said. Tests reveal Dr. Alexander has a rare antibiotic-resistant strain of bacterial meningitis. Ironically, this disease attacks the brain, his medical specialty. Somebody in that situation really only has about a 1-2% to chance of survival. But simply surviving won't be enough. One of the doctors said to me, I'm really concerned about his mind. That meant that his body could survive, but he would be a vegetable, that his mind would not be there. And that brought on a bout of tears. Probably that was my worst moment that week. It was just such a mystery because they kept on giving him doses of triple antibiotics and absolutely nothing was responding. I definitely thought he might not make it. Eben Alexander is slowly inching toward death. For the vast majority of time, death is a process. It's not a moment in time. Most of us actually think of the moment of death as when your brain dies. That's when you're actually, as a human, likely dead. And that moment in time is not clinically easily delineated. Eventually, life runs out. They reach a point where the blood pressure goes to zero. They no longer have a blood pressure and their breathing stops. This then usually is still accompanied by the heart giving electrical activity. 
and usually at the very, very end, you'll see a few gasps of last breath. And then you finally flatline. That's when we typically clinically declare someone dead. There have been situations when a patient is thought to be dead and then is able to resuscitate themselves or comes back. So we're very thoughtful and careful about this process before we declare someone clinically dead. A respirator keeps Dr. Alexander's body alive, but meningitis has ravaged his brain. The most disturbing thing to me was when the nurses would come in and lift his eyelid and shine the flashlight, the pin light into his eyes. He made no response. The pupil didn't get smaller or bigger, and that was not good. Normally, you want to have a reaction where the pupil will constrict, and that means that the, those parts of the brain that control that are functioning. The fact that his pupil response was not there means that the bacteria had gone so far as to affect some of these more resilient structures in the brain. To his family, Dr. Alexander is virtually brain dead. In Germany, Christina's doctors are also losing their battle. Her heart will not restart. She has just minutes before her brain, too, shuts down. We were trying to jumpstart her heart with a defibrillator. And we gave her several drugs. The patient had lost too much blood. Her organs weren't getting enough. We really didn't think we could save her. Because Christina's heart has stopped pumping, many would consider her dead. Yet something seems to be happening with her mind. Next thing I know, I was hovering underneath the ceiling of the room. I could see down on myself laying on the operating table. And I saw the surgeons and heard them talking to each other. The scenario was pretty hectic. I realized that this was about life or death. To help understand near-death experiences, some researchers focus on the content of these episodes. A common element that occurs early in near-death experiences is what's called an out-of-body experience. At that time, the person seems to be able to see and hear things going on, but up from the vantage point above their body. Often what they describe are the doctors frantically trying to bring them back to life. Medical science has an explanation for what's happening to Christina. A near-death experience to a neurologist is first and foremost a crisis. Christine's brain was in a severe state of crisis. The switches in her brain that control consciousness malfunction. And it enters a very unusual, a strange borderline of consciousness where it blends waking consciousness 
with REM dreaming consciousness. As they leave the body, they begin to traverse this connection. They begin to travel from what this life is to what there would be beyond this life, after this life, outside of this life. I can't exactly describe how I got from floating under the ceiling to this special place that I went to. The whole world I found myself in was engulfed in a very warm, brilliant light. The bright light that so often accompanies near-death experience to a neurologist means that the visual system has been very strongly activated. There are many ways to activate the visual system, and among the strongest is REM consciousness. Christine's awareness of these heavenly realms is classic. Near-death experiencers often describe realms that are beyond earthly in their beauty. They often use the term heavenly realms. It looked similar like Earth, but all the colors were much brighter and friendlier. Absolutely beautiful. And the ground felt like cotton, very soft and warm. I know this because I wasn't wearing any shoes. I was wearing this beautiful, long, pale blue gown. I thought that was strange, because I didn't own a dress like that. We couldn't get her heart going again. Medication and electric shock didn't work. All hell broke loose. We had to switch to manual heart massage. But we just weren't able to restore any circulation. I remember I even begged God to help us because I thought we had no chance to save this young girl. In Dr. Alexander's hospital room, there is also little hope. But then... On Friday, day five, I felt that he was probably squeezing my hand. He would kind of try to open his eyes. It was so amazing. He actually did open his eyes, went to pull the, uh, the tube out of his mouth, and then he was able, he was breathing on his own. The doctors said, there's been some help here other than us. We hardly knew what to do except to bask in the miracle of his being here. But soon, the family realizes that despite the miracle, something seems off. Even from the first few seconds when I was talking with my dad, I could tell that something wasn't right. 
Uh, he almost seemed like a zombie. There was just, he wasn't the same person. He didn't have the same amount of life in him that he had before. That was probably one of the scariest points, seeing, all right, now that he's back, is this who he's going to be for the rest of his life? Did it really take a toll that bad on him? In the German city of Koblenz, Christina is going deeper and deeper into her near-death experience. I heard somebody call my name. I looked into that direction and saw two people coming towards me. And I recognized them, although I didn't really know them. They were my grandparents. I had only seen them in pictures because they had both passed away a long time ago. We have scores of near-death experience accounts that describe meeting someone during the experience that they instantly recognize and they know it was one of their deceased ancestors or someone who's part of their family. Sometimes it's a deceased ancestor they never even met, someone who died even before they were born. I suddenly realized I was in heaven. I knew it because I had met my dead grandparents. And I had learned as a kid that when people die, they go to heaven. And really, what else could this place be? What kind of thoughts do you expect a person to have when they're facing their death? It seems very natural that they're going to think of loved ones, both living <laughs> Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. My son has been um, arrested for walking while black. Um, so well, I get a, a, it. A lot of sons have been arrested. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it doesn't make me, you know, you can't buy well. your way out of this one. You can't educate your way out of it. Um, it's just it's, happening too much, or at least we know about it now. It's, it's always happened. Um, we see more evidence of it. And too often, people still are inclined to say, well, if he'd had a different attitude, well, if he hadn't been driving, well, if he hadn't been this, if he hadn't been that, almost as if the victim is partially to blame. You know, in the case of Garner, well, he shouldn't have resisted. In the case of Brown, well, where was he? In the case of Trayvon, well, he had a hood on, you know, and in, in, in the case of whoever, you know, in case of uh, Sandra Bland, you know, well, her attitude was better. It's like, no, stop, stop. This has nothing to do with the victims. 
This has everything to do with the culture of demeaning a person of color. And, and there is no justification for a society where my son has a far greater chance of being stopped, held, killed than your son, simply because he's black. All right, police were told to keep Roy Moore away from high school cheerleaders. Wow, this is a quote from a retired police officer. Police were told to keep Roy Moore, the guy who is running for the Senate uh, in Alabama. He was told, I, I'm, I'm assuming years ago, he was told uh to keep away from school, high school cheerleaders. It just gets more damaging for this guy. And the thing about this, Trump now endorses him. Kelly and Conway say, well, we need him to pass our uh, tax reform. We need him as a vote on our tax reform bill. They don't give a damn uh, what this guy has done. They don't give a damn about all the proof, all the evidence out there that says this guy should be nowhere near the Senate. They just don't give a F. You know, I, p- police were told to keep this man away from young girls. The police. And the police are saying this right now. But yet, the Trump administration, they don't give a damn about the truth, evidence. They know that they want Roy Moore in the Senate so he can help push this tax reform through uh, so Trump can sign it. It's going to throw millions off their health care. It's going to uh, up in Obamacare. Uh, but they, they, don't, they don't give up care. I started to say something else, but they don't give a F about the proof, the evidence, the women, the many women that have come forward. This is a damn shame. Police were told, I'm going to say this again, the police were told to keep Roy Moore away from high school cheerleaders. A retired officer said this. This is not the George Wilder Jr. show saying this. This is a retired officer. More and more dirt is coming out on Roy Moore, and he claims he's not going to resign. Even the governor of Alabama, she has endorsed Roy Moore. They don't give a damn about people, period. The Republicans, they care only about their party. Donald Trump could probably go out here and shoot somebody. His his supporters will still love him. He said it one time at one of his rallies. He hasn't got that many supporters left. A lot of them have left him. But the ones who who stay, they say these kinds of things. And it's bad. But, what I, but you know, I mean, this is the, the kind of environment we're living in now. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We've got about a couple of more minutes into the show, folks. I want to thank you for listening to the show. Once again, I want to say happy holidays to everybody. Hope you have a great one. I know we will. And we will see you back here next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend.